dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Look at that boldness. (laughs) Confidence. Wow. The, uh... By the way, sister, when you when you texted me this morning talking about Talka, namely Natalka, namely Natalia, your your co-host today, pup and mini pup. You just I don't know, but you, you it just looks like Talka, T A L K A in a text. It doesn't have like the same. Yeah. I was like, what did she, I was like trying to think of like a typo or something like that where you that you had sent, but you capitalized it so. Some people oh. really like the nickname, and some feel like it's like I think some people don't know how to. It doesn't flow mm-hmm. for them to call me that. So you get used to go it. With it. Yeah, you get used to it. I really like it. It sounds really cool. It just looks weird to <laughs> Americanize, weird. but yeah, but um, it sounds really cool. It. Um, I kind of have a new nickname from Talca. Brother Brain. Brother Brain. <laughs> um, have you ever... <laughs> Is this the same Francis reference? No. Have you ever watched Pinky and... I no. wish it was that holy. I know. Okay. <laughs> have you ever watched Pinky and the Brain? A long time ago. Okay. So it was a childhood favorite of one of the nuns here. And so <laughs> we had um, we had a fun day on Saturday, which is when we have this once a month where we just like do things as a community. Once a month they have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's it. We do this as a community where we'll um, we take turns now organizing the fun day, and then when it's your turn to organize it, the intention is to to share something that like really delights you or um, that brings you a lot of joy, so that we can learn as a community to better. And I think this is just good practice in relationships um, that we can learn to better love and reverence. Why are you laughing? Because my fun day would just be naps. Oh, we're, all, um, we're all gonna take naps all day long. That's it. No, you would you would smoke cigar and you would drink scotch. That's and right. okay. Aww, she knows. Um, <laughs> um. So, anyways, so that we can learn to better enjoy things for the sake of knowing that those we love are enjoying them. If that makes mm. sense, and like cool. reverence the things that one another loves instead of you know sometimes we just not we as in our community, but just in general, human beings, we can like put down the other things that bring Mm. people joy. Anyways, um, the nun that I was doing the fun day with, that I was organizing it with, um, Pinky and the Brain was a great childhood love of hers. And so we we watched some, some of her favorite episodes of it. And one of them is about this like, this community that's similar to the Amish community. And, um, and Talca said it reminded her very much, actually, of the monastery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, um, because Pinky and the Brain, so for those of you who have never seen this, um, it's two mice who, <laughs> one of them is just like, basically has nothing inside of his head. And then the other one um, wants to take over the world. Um, and this is what he tries to do every night, is plan how to take over the world. And so in this particular episode, this is going way too long, I'm really sorry. In it. this particular episode, um, they they go to this community that's like very similar to an Amish community and um they go undercover. Yeah, they pretend to be cousins, cousins from like another yeah. community. <laughs> okay. Um and then but while they're there, like Brain and Pinky have no idea how much work they do in this community. <laughs> and so like so they just keep coming in, um like the leader of the community or whatever, he comes in and he's like Brother Brain, time for the time for the afternoon barn raising, and yeah. then um, and then he thinks that they're done, and he's totally exhausted, and then he goes back to go to bed, and then he's interrupted from his sleep because it's middle of the night. Time for the evening barn raising, time for the night barn raising, time for the morning barn raising. It's like that's what all the prayer times are here. <laughs> barn raising. <laughs> so every time we've been doing something around the monastery, we're like time for the uh, the midday barn raising. Yeah, whatever it's time for now. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I thought you would said brother rain like brother R-A-I-A. brain. Oh, okay, brother brain. That makes yeah. Sense. yeah, brother, brother brain. brain. <laughs> Time for the morning barn raising. Um, anyways, 
That's There's a, the funniest episode, and I, I want to look this up, and I guess you could probably have whatever none that was looking up for me, but there was I, I literally had to shut off Pinky in the Brain because when I had my appendix out, I, I we normally oh. didn't have cable, but uh, they had Cartoon Network, and so I could watch all the Pinky in the Brain like in a row I wanted to, but <laughs> I had my appendix out, so I couldn't laugh because it would shake oh. my, my belly, and then it would hurt. And like I was afraid I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I'm going to open this wound right back up again. So I actually had to switch to something boring. I forget. <laughs> what, I, won't, I won't say what it was. Please. But you, just, <laughs> you said that you want to look up a particular one. So there was this one oh. that I, I think I saw at that time. That's why I'm thinking of it. But um, it was one about like, Johnny Appleseed, but they kept on like naming. It's like, I think it was Pinky kept on, or Brain, no, Pinky kept on naming, like couldn't remember the name Johnny Appleseed. So he would he would be calling this Johnny Appleseed character by all these other names, like, you know, Plumpet Perry or whatever it was. He, it changed every single time. He had a new name for the guy based upon like a name and then like some sort of agricultural reference of, you know, seed or plant or flora fauna, something or other. It was, I was really, like every time you say a new name, I would just burst out laughing. See, this show is before my time, and so I don't oh know. Like, I didn't even know about it until yeah. one day, but apparently, this is a thing it's for a you thing. of the race. older generation. Um, I am not <laughs> Father Michael's generation. Thank you very much. That's true. Sister could be my my biological daughter if I had gotten Wait, married really? when I was. Yeah, how old are you, sister? Twenty <laughs> nine. How old are 13. you? Thirteen. <laughs> I was I was through puberty at that point, barely. Okay, <laughs> that's a bit scandalous. I thought I thought you were younger than that, sister. You're twenty nine. Twenty nine, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm twenty three. I'll, wow. I'll be thirty in like four months. Okay, that's so you're insane. only you're only yeah. six years. So you guys kind of are the same generation, kind of. I know. I was surprised apart. that she hadn't heard of Pinky in the Brain. You're you're I, a millennial. Are you, know, you a, a or Gen Ryer? I grew up on like Hannah Montana. You know, like the Disney mm. Channel shows. Mm. Okay. Um, the other the other thing from this Pinky and the Brain is one of the well, this is throughout all of the Pinky and the Brains. Um, brain Brain will say to Pinky, um, Pinky, "Are you pondering what I'm pondering?" Yeah, and then and then Pinky says, "I think so, Brain." But and then he says something that has nothing to do with whatever. And so like like at one point, Brain, you know, Brain is thinking about some plan for world domination that has whatever, and and he says. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And Pinky says, I think so, Brain, but what if the chickens won't wear the nylons? Um, and it's just like <laughs> completely random. Anyways, we did that on the fun day. We also went um, we went and prayed a parahita, uh, the prayer service for the departed, the faithful departed, at the grave of Dr. Takis, the one who I did ah, the episode on. Nice. Um, the episode, oh, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe... I don't know. The but, final um, homily or the final yes. sermon or something. How did you yeah. remember wow. that? Because I just talked about that the other day, and oh. I forget. I wish I could give a shout out to who it was I talked to this about. I think was I in, I think I was up in Spokane. Oh. Anyway, I don't know who it was. Well, la, la, la. Um, the, la, la, la. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the, um, we prayed upon a heat at his grave with his wife. She came out and joined us. Mm. So that was really beautiful. Um, nice. Yeah, we also played Pictionary, and what was the last thing we did? We watched a movie that I loved as a kid, Ooh. which was Page Master. Did you ever see Page Master? Nope. And it has Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. and he was the kid from Home Alone. It's he basically plays the same character <laughs> in a slightly <laughs> different premise, but I just this kid that kid really intrigues me. Um, Any Macaulay my, Culkin fans out there? My favorite movie as a kid. I'm dating myself here. It was Lady Hawk. Um, Never heard of it. With Never the kid it. from Ferris Bueller, the kid who played Ferris Bueller, and I think it was one of her first, first movies. Um, and I'm spacing her name right now. Really, really pretty. Um, she was young, and now she's. Oh man, there's a song about her. Um, what? Like a hip hop song. What else is she in? Oh my gosh, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll think of it and halfway through this podcast and yell it out. Okay, and That's by think of it, you mean you're gonna look it up. No, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let it go. I'm okay. gonna let it's. I can look at it if I want to because she's from Lady sure. Hawk. But I'm gonna think of it. Um, I just to be clear, Page Master was not my favorite movie as a kid. It's oh, just one that I liked that. a lot. Okay, no, it's one that I really loved. I would watch Lady Hawk every single birthday. Wow. Yeah, and it was about this. It was about it's like a fantasy story about a 
a, a, an evil cardinal who curses this couple because he's in love with the girl. I know. I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> oh, there's a, a string of anti-Catholicism in there when I was a kid. This evil cardinal falls in love with this woman, and so, but then she's in love with somebody else, so he curses them Actually. so that so that during the day she is a oh. hawk and at night he's a wolf yes. and they kind of accompany each other and protect each other um, but then they uh, but then they have to like the 30 seconds when they're transitioning they have to uh, the cardinal has to seize see them together as human beings and that's the only way to break the curse so they hire this this guy this this character from whoever Ferris Bueller was to kind of accompany them and communicate for them with each other and things like that. So, is it's it a fun. live action or a cartoon? It's live action, but it's also the most distracting thing. As I saw it recently, and the most distracting thing is that the music is so synthy eighties. Like it just uh, totally dates the movie because it's like this fantasy movie. So like you want to kind of escape the world, but like the music is just so synthy eighties. And I'm like, that is totally distracting. Yeah. Um, well. That was kind of a lot of banter. That's okay. But I think it's going to play into our topic. I really do. Okay. I'm excited Can I to guess? see how. <laughs> Can, can you I guess, guess the what topic? the topic is? Yes. Sure. I still have one more story I want to tell from the last episode, okay. but you can guess the topic first. I think it's on either either or know. and sexuality or obedience. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> I threw you I know off in my you, prayer. Yeah, I was, yeah. Just really I did include. Like, I did include throw in sexuality into the prayer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sister. <laughs> um, Can I explain it? Um, or do you want to share your story first? Um, I'll share the story first, but um, okay. before we start the topic, however, I I did actually. What our topic is going to be about is something about receiving what God is giving us and the gifts that He's given us, um, and appreciating it as gift, and that's. That's part of the topic. And so I was just in my prayer saying all of the things that we need to appreciate as gift, which we don't always, like, we don't always appreciate obedience and sexuality as gifts. Um, We, yeah, so it was a legit prayer. I just was maybe not being as descriptive as before because you always spoil my topic. So you were thinking of something else other than Jesus during prayer. Okay, sister, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, the story <laughs> story I want to tell. Um, if you can't ruin my topic, you'll just shake me. <laughs> um, is so you were talking in the liturgy episode. I have some reflections on that episode, but I'm going to save them for the next liturgy episode. But you were talking on the last one about Jesus and his body being broken but not divided, um, and the paradox that's there. And it was reminding me of this time that. Um, Mother Gabriella and I went to the the school that she went to growing up, the Catholic school. And we were there for like, I don't know, Vocations Awareness Week or something. And we were talking to all the different kids, like visiting different classrooms and stuff. And at one point we were, we were with like, it was like second or third graders, right? Um, right. And, <laughs> and um, my point is they were little. They were little. This isn't like a high schooler, um, maybe fourth grade. Anyways, they one kid asks this question that um, she says. So, you know how when when someone is married, they're supposed to only be married to that person, and like you have to be faithful to your spouse, and you can't cheat on them and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she says, So um, if nuns are all married to Jesus. Um, how does that work that you're all married to the same person? And I'm like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, I legit don't know how to answer this question. Um, and so I don't know. I, I did the, you know, the humble thing would be to say like, I don't actually know how to explain this, but I'm not humble. And so I just said like, Oh, blah, mystery time, space, Jesus. (laughs) And, um, and just completely whatever. And then Mother Gabriella says, um, if I can add to that, <laughs> and very kindly, um, or I might have said, like, Mother Gabriella, do you have anything to say? Um, 
Anyway, she says, the analogy she uses is she said, well, you know how when you receive communion, you're receiving all of Jesus, Mm. but that each person who receives communion is receiving all of Jesus. And the girl was like, yeah. And she said, said, so we don't really understand that either. That's also a mystery, but it's kind of the same thing. Like each of us is fully married to Jesus. And anyways, yeah. So her answer was way better and mine was total, like a total cop out. Yeah. Mine like was, on, on yeah. Lux, on the book study that Lee and I are Lux. doing. Lux. On Lux, we, uh, <laughs> I, 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 read a, I read a poem and then I had no idea what the poem Aww. was about. And, and so I, I, I like, I gave my impression of it and then Leah's like, or, <laughs> like gave the proper interpretation. I'm like, oh, thank you for that good recovery. I was just, I went like overly spiritual and did all these things. And it was like actually an item that the poem was about. And I was like going way off oh, base. But she, she very nicely came back in and said what the real meaning was without shaming me. Thank God. You actually, you actually have a great gift for this though, because whenever you would give kids homilies, um, mm-hmm. oh. Holy, I mean, I'm sure you do this now at your new parish, but like whenever I would see you give kids homilies at Holy Protection, um, every once in a while a kid would just like throw up their hand and yeah. you're like, yeah, sure, what's up? And and they would like give something and I'm just sitting there like, how? How is Father Michael going to do something with this? How is he going to tie this in? And you would be like, oh, that's a really good point. You know, like they might say like, um, my mommy gave me a bunny for Christmas <laughs> um, when when you're talking about like the prodigal son and, and yeah. you're just like and you're just like it's kind of like the pinky in the brain thing are you thinking what yeah. I'm thinking yes. no um, but, <laughs> um, but you always figured out how to tie it in I'll see like um, so the older son should have run after with the father of the younger son right I'm 12 okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 3 not 12 yeah. I'd be a little bit too old um <laughs> I'm three. Oh, great, great thought, little one. There are the three persons that one God, and and they all have no jealousy, and so the, the young, the older apostles. brother should not have had jealousy. He yeah, should have been running exactly. after the son to imitate the Trinity, since you're three. Oh man, <laughs> I just I don't know how you do it. Um, at some point, I'll have to tell the story of my favorite of your kids' homilies. Um, but probably now is not the time since we're already yeah. 16 minutes in. All right. <laughs> well, I think the talking about the TV shows, and I like what you said to the little kid about time, space, mystery, that kind of ties into our topic. Time, space, and I tried to <laughs> I tried to foreshadow it when I said that that was before my time because the topic is time. Oh. So time. The, the spice space. or, oh, okay, never mind. Well, I used, very funny, I used very funny. time in um, the soup that I made for tonight. That was the Holy Spirit, maybe. prophetic. Purple. I don't know where Sister Natalia is going to take it, but I'll just say... Me neither. For, <laughs> for me, this topic is like, um, can go so many different ways. One, I we are all in a very particular time and place. Like, we were born in a very particular year, and... That reminds me of like the scandal of the particular, how God cares about these very um, concrete details. And also just for me being in school right now, being in graduate school, I always feel like I'm running out of time, like I'm trying to race time and like I'm trying to get to some invisible goal in the future and I can never reach it. And um, Sister Natalia and I were talking about how that can compare between kind of being in a monastery and being in the world, how we, how our relationship to time, but so we can go so many places with it. Where were you thinking? Um, yeah, I don't know. There were there were lots of things that I was thinking of. There are two books that I want to quote from, um, but basically, basically, my 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 thought behind it was time. Time is a gift given to us by God, and the the basic structure that I wanted to go from is that our God is a God of the present and the present moment is the moment in which we encounter him. We don't encounter him in the future. We don't encounter him in the past. Um, in the past, we encountered him in the present, <laughs> if that makes sense. But like right now, we're not encountering him in the past. Even if even if we're encountering him through memories of the past, it's like the way he's speaking to us through those memories in this moment. And we just... I think probably particularly in our society today, um, <clears throat> we really can fail to live in the present and 
that is taking away from us this chance to encounter God because, again, that's where we encounter him. YOLO. YOLO. Um, that's how we engage with time, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. It's like... In a bad way. The good, the good form of YOLO. Yeah. Um, this is, is interesting because I think that's often what sin is. Mm-hmm. Often sin is, is, is saying, like, I'm going to live in the moment and I'm sure I'm going to regret this, and I have probably have to deal with the consequences later on. But I'm going to do it anyway because I'm living mm-hmm. in the moment. And then, so the devil has taken the beauty of the moment, mm. and Christ encountering us there, and he, he's he's twisted it to be sinful. So there's like this no regrets type. Um, you know, I'll, I'll suffer greatly in the future, and I know I will. But I I really want you know I'm thinking like an addiction. I really mm-hmm. want the drug right now. You know, especially if I'm like recovering, you know, I want it right now. And I know in the future, I'll regret this. I know in the future, I'll have to do all this detox and rehab. I know in the future, I'll have to say, I'm sorry to people. But you know what? I, I want this so bad right now. I'm going to do it because I'm just living in the moment. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that even is a testament to the power of the present moment because this is this is how the devil typically works, right? Like he he tries to attack in in the places that are, have the greatest potential for good. Mm-hmm. Um, like he doesn't, he doesn't want us to um, yeah. encounter God in this moment. So he's giving us something else in this moment. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And um, so, so that's one of, that's, that's part of it. And then the other part that I want to talk about is that we, I want to talk about the poverty of time and what that means for me as a monastic, but that, but also what I think huh. that it should mean for the layperson. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. So, um, I really like. So we're we're rereading. We're reading as a community right now. Screw tape letters as our dinner reading, which okay. um, there's a there's a really great podcast on screw tape letters called mm. Pints with Jack, and. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> Father Michael, yes, you are right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave him this look. Like, is that the right? Did I just call it the right thing? Um, the Father Michael and I were on one of the episodes in which we talked about one of the letters that I don't remember now. Maybe letter three or letter four. But um, Pines with Jack is a podcast about lots of different works of C.S. Lewis. Um, but this season they're going through screw tape letters, which is also, like I said, what we're reading for dinner reading at the monastery. And I wanted to share a line that struck me a couple of weeks ago. Their letter, um, letter 25 is very much about time. And, um, and he talks about how the enemy, which from screw tape writing, the enemy references God because it's a, it's a, demon who's writing um, these letters. And the he says that, that God desires to use time and that he's, he's talking about um, how he actually even, that God even wants us to have pleasure and things like that. Um, but then he talks about how they should distort that and use that for, uh, for, for sin, like you're saying, Father Michael. But there is a, um, the line at the end that, that I really like, he says, we, and remember, we is referring to the demons. We have trained them, humans, to think of the future as a promised land which favored heroes attain, not as something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour, <laughs> whatever he does, whoever he is. So so we all, ex- we, we all, um, experience time is what he's saying. And we all get to quote unquote the future, whatever that means um, for each person. But it's not, it's not, um, but like when we're, when we're only focused on the future as something that needs to be gotten, um, that's not a word. Um, (laughs) Grasped at, yeah. um, Or attained, Attained. then then we're failing to live in this present moment. Mm. And the other quote is from The Mountain of Silence, which I've talked about before on the podcast, but it's by Kyriakos Markitis. I don't know how to say his last name. That, that's how I say it, too. It sounded really okay. beautiful the way you said yeah. it. Huh. Thanks. <laughs> um, 
I do this often in the the prologue, the lives of the saints, when we are reading them, you know, I just like say the names and I might roll an R or something and just like to make it sound like I know what I'm saying. Um, and yep. anyways, then just go with it <laughs> um, or make it sound as foreign as possible. And then it sounds like I know what I'm doing. <clears throat> um, so anyways, The Mountain of Silence is written um, by um, this Orthodox man who... Um, meets with a monk who used to live on Mount Athos. And and so in this part, he's quoting the monk. He says, well, this is a part of the problem of the modern mind. Well, actually, I'll go a little bit before that. Kiriakas says, um, they're talking about suffering and sorrow. And Kiriakas says, the suicide statistics have gone up, not down in our modern age. Yet the message of sorrow and sacrifice is not an attractive message to the modern mind. And then the monk, um, Father Maximus is his pseudo, pseudo name, name, name. His, just okay. It's not his real name. Um, he says. <laughs> he says. Well, this is part of the problem of the modern mind. What the ecclesia, that is the church teaches about these matters is geared for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. This is a little bit what you were talking about, Father Michael, about the mysteries. Anyway, when I say sorrow, it does not mean that we celebrate suffering as if it is something to cherish and pursue. Rather, to the extent that suffering is unavoidable, accept it as a gift from heaven. Then it will have a therapeutic impact on your heart. Redefine it in your mind as an opportunity for spiritual growth, because that's what it is in reality. And then, and then later on, um, Kyriakos is saying that insofar as suffering is an unavoidable aspect of the human condition, death, illness, loss of loved ones, it can also be a source of meaning and purpose in life, assuming that the suffering is not self-inflicted. So the, the reason I bring this up, um, we're talking about time, not suffering, but I think it's the same thing in that um, there, there needs to be in our lives an obedience, so I guess it is a little bit about obedience. I didn't mean to, though. Um, obedience. <laughs> ha. <laughs> ha. Um, obedience by accepting and entering into the present moment. That's an obedience in and of itself. Um, hmm. a, a priest friend of mine um, was sharing with me that he's reading a book by Father Jacques Philippe right now that really talks about this. But um, the so, so anyways, I think it's the same thing, that just as suffering is unavoidable, and if we if we accept it and allow it to be for our spiritual growth, then it can become a good. Whereas, um, and 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 it's a similar thing with with time and whatever is happening with our time. Like when things come up that are just totally unexpected and totally unavoidable, um, and we're like, we don't have the time to give to this. <laughs> um, then it's just, it, it's much more fruitful and even therapeutic, like Father Maximus says, even therapeutic if we can accept what's happening with our time as opposed to just spending the whole time that we're doing whatever this interruption is um, and like complaining about it. And I have a really good example of this because um, last week, no, it was this week. Was it this like, week? Yeah, like two, like Monday. Yeah, so two days ago. <laughs> um, you have lost track of time. I oh, guess. Um, so this week, this is Christmas week, right? And we, and it's so busy. And I have postinias to prep, and I have dinners to make, and cookies to bake, and I have cookies nice. to bake because it's Christmas. Nice. And how horrible! And then, and I'm like. And I have to record two podcasts on Wednesday, and that's two days before Christmas. And how am I going to get everything else done? That's and, a lot of complaining. Right. I know. <laughs> this kidding. is my point. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I'm completely caught up in all of the things that I need to do. Mm. And then suddenly, like, other nuns are asking help for things. And I'm like, ah. And, and I'm helping them with things. And I'm actually not complaining about it. But inside, I'm grumbling. Um, but then... It's like, okay, I finally, I, I told Talca that I was like feeling really behind on life. And I finally, <laughs> in this moment, felt like I was caught up on life. And then I get a message from someone that's like, hey, the internet guy needs to talk to someone. Are you around? And I was like, uh, yes. Um, 
And he was like, okay, he's about to call. So he calls and, um, and the internet guy calls and this ends up being a 45 minute phone call. And I'm like, mm. I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm angry at internet guy whose name I'm not saying. I can't <laughs> imagine that he listens to our podcast, but I'm like angry at him because he's telling me to plug things in and I don't know the words he's using. And a friend of ours is like, but you're an engineer. And I'm like, that's fine. But like I played with lasers, not computers. And <laughs> um, and it just, so I, it was very frustrating. And for these 45 minutes, it could have been a moment in which I was encountering God. And it has become, in this present moment, a moment to encounter God. Um, In looking back on the ways that I failed there to live in the moment. Um, (laughs) But but it wasn't then, is the point. And um, because I just was angry the whole time. And yeah. Yeah. There's, I remember... One thing there, there's a, one of the girls. Shout out to the Schneers here and their their mm-hmm. daughter Indigo, and she she has such a and I, she's obviously does not like immerse in Eastern you know traditions, but she has this beautiful thing, and she's probably what 14 years old. She will just she'll just walk around and like if something if I can see her face twist like out of frustration, she'll immediately make the sign of the cross. And like mm-hmm. I've I've literally watched her. I've, I've even brought this up. I've watched her from outside around the fire pit where we are. I've seen her inside working on her schoolwork on her computer, and she'll get frustrated. And then she'll go, and she'll wow. make the sign of the cross, and then go back to it. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of this. It's this beautiful. The 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 transcend is breaking into the time in the moment to to bless it, and she's just kind of accepting the suffering and then making it trying trying to sanctify it and then moving on. And the same thing happened. I remember my bishop did not give me much time before I had to move out of Denver from here. And it was just a few weeks. And, and I had I had acquired so much junk and books and stuff like that. I, I lived with Father Nathan Goble for a while. I lived in my own house for a while. I had stuff like different places and people had given me stuff. And I was trying to sort through all of this. And I was like, literally, there is not enough time. There, there if Physically, I, I am not going to get out of Denver on time to get to LA on September 1st. It's just not going to happen. And so I just kind of forgot that that was the case and walked around trying to do everything I could as speedily as I could. Make the, I made the sign of the cross a lot of times because <laughs> as soon as I started getting mad at myself or mad at the bishop or moving, mad at whatever, I was getting mad at I made the sign of the cross and it really did kind of reorient me to, yeah, there's some suffering right now, but you know, suck it up and keep on moving. You know, It's not going to do any good for you to sit down and cry right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to add on to this with quoting um, also another book on top of Sister Natalia's. With um, I should write these down so that Beth doesn't, so that Beth okay. doesn't have to do all of our work for yeah, us. He, he leadeth me by Father Walter Chizik, who was my ritual. <laughs> I right? was destroying the microphone right now. Sorry, I think I pressed a button. If my voice suddenly sounds weird, like like Darth it's coming Vader through, or something. yeah, <laughs> like suddenly we have to wrong. <laughs> Well, if, for those who haven't read He Leadeth Me, it's, I think it's one of, it's a game changer. It was a game changer in my life for many reasons, but it, I think it relates to time. Beca- have you read that, Father? Read that book? Is it, is, are you doing this on purpose? Is this, is no, this no. Like, he, she literally is this doesn't know. She actually doesn't know. Have you? Do, do you really I'm, just not sitting, I'm sitting here. Have, she, she doesn't he know. One of, the, one, of the, yes, one, of the, one of the most angry sister has ever gotten with me. <laughs> Is because she sends me a book and I was like, have you read it? Oh. The next time, have you read it? The next time, have you read it? And she sent me, <laughs> he leadeth me. And I'm just like, and every time I'm like, sister, I'll, I'll tell you when I've read it. And that was like <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> so, but you now you no, read it. I started No, but then it. that's oh. not what made me angry. You know okay. what made me angry? Because what, what followed from that? You're know. talking on your other podcast oh. and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're talking on your other podcast and uh-huh, you're just uh-huh. like, <laughs> and you're just like, um, you're just raving about this book. He leadeth me that you read that because I started Father reading. Nathan Goble recommended. <laughs> Forget the fact that I've been telling you to read it for years. Forget the fact that I sent it to you for your birthday. No, 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 no. It was Father Nathan Goble. It's fine. I'm not prideful. Please continue, Talca. She had no idea about any of that. I'm sorry to press so many buttons and trigger so many wounds. (laughs) 
you had such a poker face, and I literally thought from the moment you said, like, for those of you who haven't read it, I thought that was a dig. I just thought no. it was all about me. In other words, I'm being very selfish now. But it's not personal. And then you're like, have you read it, Father? I'm like, oh, you're just going to go for the glory here. You're just going to ask. <laughs> <It's> gonna- <laughs> wow. No. But now that we've cleared that up, wait, but have you actually read it yet? I have, read, I have read no. I've read probably a quarter okay. of it. All right. Well, the fact is that this priest is in the possession of like the Soviet. Uh, what what is the what are the words? Communists. Um, yeah, like he was imprisoned. <laughs> <laughs> he was imprisoned for like twenty years, and um, because Log. he was a prisoner, yeah, he went to like the work camps. Because he was a prisoner and he kind of wasn't in charge of his own life anymore, he didn't really have these sort of external kind of career goals to reach for because he had like, he couldn't make any of that happen. And he didn't so, have any hashtag squad goals. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Because I just tried to be cool, but I now I'm worried like, that it's like... so 2019. No, that just means friends. 18. I don't know. It's probably not a thing anymore. <laughs> I think we can... <laughs> but... Whenever his like, whenever his his control, I guess, over what he does with his time was taken from him, it actually became an opportunity to surrender to the present moment and mm. to kind of detach, detach maybe from this need to control because mm. he couldn't. And so he really did see whatever was right in front of him as God's will and God's providence. And I think that we need to take that attitude even when we have this sense at least of control of our time because I think you were saying sister that we re- none of us really have control mm-hmm. over time even though we feel like we do and that's that's the part that I wanted to talk about the poverty of time because people people often ask me one of one of the questions I get at like most talks I get whenever there's a Q&A at the end um, <clears throat> after we get through especially with teenagers after we get through like all of the typical questions of like, do nuns wear pajamas? Can nuns have nail polish? Can nuns chew gum? Can nuns eat ice cream? <laughs> um, and then, um, by the way, yes, we wear pajamas. No, can we I? don't paint our nails. <laughs> yes, we can eat ice cream and chew gum. Um, at least these nuns. I don't know about other nuns. I'm sure the Dominican nuns don't can chew Can boys guns. be nuns? Don't chew gum. <laughs> can I say a quick thing about nail polish? Boys can be monks. Yes, your revelation from the other day. Well, I wore nail polish uh, to the monastery for my week here. I wore nail polish, and she wanted to look good for us. (laughs) And then I was thinking, like, even if nuns could wear nail polish, it's not practical because I'm washing dishes and I'm like doing all these, and I'm cleaning pustinias, and my nail polish is like cracking and falling off. So there's no point anyway. So okay, go ahead. Um, But then after we get through all of those questions. we then get to the questions of like, um, what's what's the hardest thing and the best thing about being a nun, and um, the answer that I that I typically always give about for the the hardest thing is is for me it's poverty of time because there's like material poverty isn't isn't really difficult for me, um, and and that's not because of necessarily some some virtue or holiness or something like that. It's it's just because um, <clears throat> that's not where my particular attachments lie. My particular attachments don't lie to material goods. Um, I'm very attached in relationships, which is why I talked on a recent episode about like the communications fast that I do during the fasting periods. Um, and because that's that's a great struggle for me. So so anyways, material poverty isn't so much a struggle for me, but the poverty of time is. Um, like it's really hard. I, I miss the times when I was in the world and a friend could text and say, hey, do you want to go get some coffee tomorrow? And I could say, sure. <laughs> um, <clears throat> or when it's like, okay, I'm off of work and now I get to do what I want to do and, and, um, and whatever. And that's just not, the case in the monastery um, because we are we're obedient to the monastic schedule we're obedient to the prayer times and and sometimes this is like you know in the schedule we have free time from 345 to 445 uh, pretty much every day and um, I'm the Pustinia coordinator and if a Pustinia guest says that they're going to come at three but then they actually show up at four then 
I need to go walk them over to the Pustinia. <laughs> and, and, and there have been points where I've been really frustrated by that because I'm like, this is the time I was going to write a letter. I was going to make this phone call or, or whatever. Um, and it's like, this person's interfering with my plans. But, um, but in the moments, the rare moments that have become, by the grace of God, less rare, um, that I'm able to, to set aside my plans and to just pay attention to this person who has shown up and to really see them, um, there has just been such beauty in, in seeing God in this person and encountering God in this person and realizing that because this person showed up right now, this is exactly where God wants me right now um, and being able to enter into that. <clears throat> so... Um, so that's, that's what I mean by not having like none of your time at the monastery as a monk, as a nun is your own time. Um, it's all the time of the community. It's all the, it's all God's time ultimately. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are times, there are moments when he says, okay, now you can do what you want with this time. But like, (laughs) um, and and that should be received as gift, but it shouldn't be like um, grasped or held onto tightly. Um, and, um, oh, one of the nuns quoted something recently. I'm probably going to misquote it, but it was something like, you're only as free as... No, I'm going to misquote it. <laughs> it's, something, it's, it's something about like, um, it's something about clasping onto something with your, like, you're only as, you're only as flexible as whatever you're, <laughs> oh no, I'm moving on. I'm moving on because I don't remember it. Um, but so my point is, here's a gift though of being a monastic is this this reality is is something that you very quickly come to um, as a monastic. Like there's just no way around it. You very quickly learn my time is not my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that's a gift of monasticism is because I really think it's true of everybody. Yeah. But when you're in the world, it's much easier to trick yourself into thinking <laughs> this is my time. Yeah. Um, and you you do eventually learn that that's not true when you get to the things like Father Maximus is talking about, you know, where um, where suddenly you're sick or a loved one is sick. Um, or And so you just like have to drop everything and you have to be in the hospital with chemo and you can't be working right now. Um, and, and it's like, or... Um, or a family member, something is needed of you and... <clears throat> and you know that you need to go be with them even though you had these other plans. And so there are moments of realizing this in the world, but in the monastery, I think it's just, as as with all truths that you find in the world, <laughs> it's intensified in the monastery and seen much more quickly and sometimes much more clearly. Mm. Um, I think that's yeah. even built into the the fact that monastics are meant to to pray a very specific prayer rule because mm-hmm. you don't you do get you don't get to pray whatever psalms you want to pray at that like at a third hour we pray these psalms at six hour we pray these psalms we mm-hmm. pray this is the topic on Mondays we pray um, you know asking for intercession of the angels Tuesday John the Baptist you know um, there, there's like this every there can you go, very, just go through them I think everyone would find that interesting. Wednesday, so on, Friday, on Monday cross. we commemorate. On Monday we commemorate and ask for the intercession of the angels. Tuesday, John the Baptist. Wednesday, the cross. Thursday, Nicholas and the apostles. Friday, the cross again. Saturday, um, we pray for the deceased. Um, we also uh, ask for the commemoration of of the martyrs and and all saints. And then uh, Sunday's the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So every day has a, has a theme, if you will. Um, and and then every you know hour has a theme based upon how, you know when Christ died you know noon three o'clock p.m. So there's all these themes that go throughout the day and they're all set. So you it's like you know we in the Apostolic Christians we have a lectionary. We we hear certain gospels and everybody in the world hears this gospel on this Sunday. Um, if, if you're Byzantine, Ruthenian, etc., um, Roman Catholic, ordinary, extraordinary, whatever you are. Um, form. I mean, not if you're ordinary or I mean, like if you're ordinary, if you're Roman Catholic, and you go to the ordinary or extraordinary form of the of the Holy Mass. Um, but the uh, but obviously many. 
sisters <laughs> trying to trying to laugh quietly in the corner. And it sounds oh she's licked at her mouth. Oh she has does she drank something she trying not to spit it out. <laughs> pat her on the back, Natalia. Pat her on the back. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. You're the worst. Okay. Um Anyway, uh, so a lot of a lot of like Protestant churches will just the, the priest chooses what what gospel he's going to talk about. He chooses what reading from the scriptures, and there, there's not that same kind of cycle or lectionary mm. that that can be so attractive. Like I I might want to be do I might want to be eating dinner at this time or praying about something else at the time, but I'm not. I'm I'm in a sense being obedient to the structure of time that has worked into the day and worked into the prayer of the church, and that should be a thing of rest. I can't tell you how many times I I wish I had a job that kind of the day was more structured for me. You know, I just, that I didn't have to worry, am I doing the right thing at the right time? I don't have to worry, am I saying the right thing at the right time? Like sometimes I just want to be be a, you know, a server again and just say, you know, from from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m., I'm waiting tables and, and I, I handle, if, if, if there's a table open, it's open. If somebody comes in, it's it, they come in, and like and they say what I need to deliver the tables. They they kind of set the schedule for me. And there's, like you said, a sister in that in that a bit of obedience. Um, I wouldn't want that all the time, but in that obedience, <laughs> that there is a certain freedom just to say, um, since I'm not in control of the time, I, I can I can respond and adapt to it in a way that that time feels more like a gift because I mm-hmm. I see it. I see my my job description. I, I see my. My uh, my behavior as being given to me, and then I respond, and how I respond is, is how I respond. Like you said in the beginning, suffering is is inevitable. Suffer, we all suffer. It's it's how we handle it, whether we see it as a gift or just a mere burden. And by gift, I mean we turn it into sacrifice, and therefore becomes a gift to us and a gift to others, like the cross was for Christ. Just to I love to that. No, Sorry. my bad. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> My brain keeps on going, and something else, and something else, and something else, and something else. So I'll stop. Are you, think, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think you, that brings up a good point of the other side of the coin because having the freedom of time that a, like the lay person has, it could be seen as freeing. It could also be seen as a burden, which you pointed out because now you're constantly wondering, am I doing what I'm supposed to do with my time? And Maybe I can relate this a little bit to discernment um, because I mentioned at the last podcast that I'm about to finish my master's. And when I'm in that track, I can say, okay, for this amount of time, I'm going to do this thing. And that gives me like uh, a freedom to commit. But then once that ends, then I have to figure out what am I going to do after that? And what am I going to do with my time? But St. Theophan, who is an Orthodox priest, but... I guess we, I mean, how do, I don't know how that works. We still count, we still claim yeah. them as our saints, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Is they, so, they're paying the recluse? Yeah. Yeah. I, when I, when I, I think um, he's on our calendar. I think he's on there. Yeah. When I translated the, the book from Spanish that we've talked about, um, mm-hmm. I first put it through just like a very general translator, um, just to, for the sake of time and efficiency. Mm-hmm. And then I went through and like corrected it. Mm-hmm. Um, and any time it came up to Theophane the recluse, it um, translated Theophane the inmate. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Uh, uh, but so, real quick, just just um, so the the main person who discerns whether you com- whether we commemorate a saint or not is just the bishop. So okay. in other words, that ultimately, but obviously a saint just means they're in heaven. So anybody can have private devotions to a saint if, if they have not been canonized by our mm-hmm. church. Um, but but the if you're going to celebrate them by kind of liturgy, they should really be acknowledged to be a, a, a saint of our on our calendar by the bishop. So quick awesome. verification. Yeah. Well, I'm reading uh, a book of his in a uh, reading group with my spiritual father about his letters to a young Man, I wish I could remember the title. Letters to a Young Soul or something. Mm. It's to a, a young girl named Anastasia who's just like, she's a lay person and he kind of, it's it's his letters, spiritual direction to her. Mm. And he says to her, "Don't you don't need to ask, what am I going to do with my life? Like, what am I supposed to do? Just do what's right in front of you. And then just through the circumstances of your life, through the passage of time, it's just amazing how God somehow orchestrates things and you are led to, not that we don't have any agency or not that we don't have to make choices, but that we don't need to spend so much time um, thinking about time. Can we just count how many times we're saying the word time in this episode? Um, 
Yeah. We don't have to let it give us things. Whoa, <laughs> coffee drinking. Is yeah, that's that's that. Water. Um, and Kool-Aid. <laughs> don't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> we don't have to spend, we don't have to become so anxious about thinking these things through. Like, it, we don't need to um, obsess maybe excessively about what to do with our time, but really just do what's right in front of us and trust that God will guide us to the next right thing just by doing the thing that's right in front of us. And I think that that could be applied to both monastic life and lay mm-hmm. people. And I also think it's it's fine to be responsible to plan ahead. But I, I think, you know, uh, obviously to say, I'm going to invest so that I, you know, like you're in school right now, Talka, you know, like I, I'm, it's fine to kind of say I'm going to do this or to discern something to that I'm going to he- invest heavily in. But we have to be really careful because the the true, I know, I know this sounds really harsh, but the true Christian way is to say, I can invest a lot, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of my resources, and then God has other plans. And, and, and when, when my investment wasn't the outcome, how do I respond to that? Do I respond mm-hmm. by saying, you know, glory, God, glory to God, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, you know, blessed be the Lord. Do, do, you know, do, do I respond with, with, with frustration, sinful anger that didn't go my way? Or do I respond with, I'm, I'm going to see that as a gift. I gave this gift to Christ and he took with it and did something with it. I don't know the fruit of it. Um, but even if I don't see the fruit of my actions, do I still see, you know, mm-hmm. do I understand that Christ is the king of time? You know, and, and so mm-hmm. my investment did not go to waste. Christ is going to take this investment, this effort somehow. There's a lot of stories of the fathers of, of you know, um, planting a stick. You know, there, there's a saint who the father said, every day you need to walk like a mile and you plant the stick in the ground in the desert and then every day walk a mile with water on your shoulders and water the stick, you know. It was John and, the Dwarf, right? We talked about it recently. Did we? Okay, yeah, maybe. I don't remember the name, but it was, it was but he would Dwarf. do this and and so like, but God made it fruitful. Even if, mm-hmm. he, you know, he did, he made it blossom, but God made it mm-hmm. blossom. But even if, if it never blossomed, there's still this, this the the time I invested was 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 a gift to God and he's gonna take and do something with it as, as only he can in his grace. But I think that's one of the hardest things to say is yes, we should be responsible. Yes, we should plan ahead. Yes, we should invest, but we have to be willing in humility to have a different outcome from that investment than the one we planned, you know, and that, that mm-hmm. just takes, and I think that can even be a practice in humility. Um, but, but the moment to moment is, is where we see that investment have fruit as well. If I, even if I'm, if I'm doing something in order to have a better future, like working a job I don't like, um, then, then there's still a sense of me saying um, in this moment, I'm growing closer to Christ by doing it, by preparing, even if I don't see the fruit of it in this moment, like you said, the gift of, I'm, I'm growing closer to Christ, therefore it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Rather than looking back and saying, look at all those wasted moments. All those wasted moments should have been moments of grace, of, of participating in God's will for you in that moment, even if it didn't look like it in the end. And, and part, of, part of this decision to practice trust in providence um, in the present moment, part of it is that we have to really trust him in the outcome of our decisions. Um, as long as we're, as long as we're trying, you know, in in making the decisions. As long as we're, well, not even even if we're not trying, um, we just have to trust that God can bring good of everything. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm I'm thinking of this. <clears throat> Um, it, it relates to what you're saying about um, we might invest, we might make these plans. God might have something else that he's going to, to bring of it other than what we expected and planned for. And I'm thinking of um, recently one of the nuns and I, we were planning this surprise for um, one of the other nuns. And, and we just like, we weren't sure about this surprise. We were like, it's either going to completely delight her or it's, maybe going to make her really angry and we're not sure which. (laughs) Um, And so then we're going back and forth. I'm like, do we do this? Do we not do this? We really want to love her. And I think this will make her feel really loved, but it might just do the opposite. Um, And so finally this, um, this nun says, well, you know, we're trying to love her and, and we should just do it. And then whatever comes of it, like, that's that's the providence of God and and the Holy Spirit will work in it. Um, and I said, that's absolutely true. And I said, do keep in mind that it could be that the Holy Spirit's <laughs> working through it 
um, by allowing her anger so that she can see her own anger so that she can grow through it. And maybe that's the reason we're doing mm-hmm. this. And she was like, that's a good point. Um, by the way, we did the thing and she was completely delighted and she loved it. Um, otherwise, it maybe would be too painful to share right now. Um, but the my point being like, we do have, the, the reason I even bring this up is because we can have analysis paralysis, right? We can just totally overanalyze a decision we have to make. Um, and and for that reason, like that's the downside to what we're talking about, about living in the moment. Like this is part of the struggle with the whole, like what's talked about with the millennial generation, which actually I'm a part of and you're a part of Talca. Father Michael, you might be a part of it too. I'm an exennial. Okay. I'm like that five years where you did not grow up with technology, but you were young enough that you still uh-huh. kind of get it. It's a very okay. short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. Um, so, so anyways, like part of the thing that's often complained about in our generation is that we don't make decisions and we, we can't make decisions and, and it's the eternal present moment. And like, right. um, and so I do want to say we do still have to make the decisions. Yeah. We do have to like commit to things. Um, but there has to be this great trust, um, which is difficult, but there has to be this great trust that, um, what we commit to God, God can and will bring good of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and he can do so, I don't know the right terminology to use, but, um, he can do so with maybe less human pain (laughs) if we're actually trying to do his will in the decision we're making. Um, yeah. I heard this, this great news story about um, in Colorado when I was in Colorado about how people, and I saw this with, with friends of mine, is that there are different strains of marijuana and when it was legalized, they actually will say, you know, this type of marijuana gets me excited and kind of amps me up. This type settles me down. I use this time when I'm studying. I use this time when I'm watching TV. I use this time when I'm in social situations. So people like literally are in all these different kinds of marijuana. And so somebody came on and said, the problem is that which obviously that's a major moral issue um, when you become so dependent upon anything um, that 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 you you kind of it, it you have to take something to kind of control your behavior and you can't mm-hmm. just be yourself those moments that that's a huge moral issue but um, they she, this uh, newscaster was saying that the problem is is that when people get that way they are always happy because marijuana like causes this false happiness and so mm-hmm. they're actually not being responsible so people are like well. You know, I'll, I'll be happy anyway. It doesn't matter what life situation mm. I put myself in. It does not matter the consequences of my actions. I will, I will kind of sedate guilt and shame with marijuana. So I will do it through <clears> substance. <throat> we all do this with different ways, but through escape substance, something like that. And she was saying that people that use marijuana all the time are just they're becoming slackers, which we all kind of knew, right? But but they 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 there's there's not <laughs> they're just not not getting anything done because they're always happy. And I thought. That's me, but without the marijuana, like, like literally, that, like, God has given me, God has given me a temperament that is just kind of always happy, and so thank God. I mean, I know people get mad at me for saying that, but it's like I, that is a gift from God. So, so I, I look at that and I go, you know, that's the problem. Is some things I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not suffering enough, or I'm not feeling sad enough, or I'm not feeling anxious enough to actually get the things done that need to get done sometimes, you know? So one of my biggest struggles is with procrastination because I put it off because it's like, I know I need to get done, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it, but I put it off because I'm just going to be happy anyway, either way, <laughs> whatever way it turns out, and that's not good. I'm not saying that's a good thing at all, but but that that is that we can, like you said, sister, live too much in the present moment, and I think that's where it becomes sinful, which is what I'm saying, like I said in the mm-hmm. beginning, where the devil can actually say, you know, live in the moment, screw the consequences, you know, you'll deal with them later on, just enjoy the moment. And that can, that can be either really, really holy or really, really sinful. Well, in a weird connection to that, um, one thing I brought up with time is like this thing with um, vampires, which we know don't exist, but the whole philosophy, philosophical question around them is like, because they live forever then a lot of their choices don't matter as much mm. because they don't really have to feel the consequences yeah. or they don't have this pressure. But the idea that we as mortals, um, we only have so much time, so that actually makes what we do really important because we do feel the consequences of uh, what we do with our time. But to But one thing we can look to is the gospel of the woman that anoints Jesus' feet where she cracks open the the oil, the precious ointment or something. And Mm -hmm. I think Judas is saying we could have used that for the poor, 
But instead, she just like generously cracks open this whole thing and pours it on Jesus. And we can be that generous with our time, mm-hmm. choosing wisely and and choosing to give it away and not try to like hoard it or um I don't know. We because it's precious, we can give it as a gift too. Mm-hmm. Not only receive yeah. it as a gift, but give it as a gift. Mm-hmm. I like that. Michelle Pfeiffer. There you That's go. That's who it was, Michelle Pfeiffer in uh, in Lady up? Hawk. She is I, in a song. A, a I, I literally, I just googled, I googled the movie poster so I could look at her face. Uh, <laughs> um, Lady Hawk. Okay. Yes. Um, also, by the way, shout out to uh, Jen Genta, who's listening right now to our old podcast and just yelled at me um, for the San Bernardino joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, it popped up on my. Is I think we've been recording on a couple of Wednesdays, like when our when our podcast comes out. So uh-huh. people like react to it, like while That's we're really recording funny. the next one. That's funny. So shout out to she Jen. Also, yeah, <clears throat> I'd like to make a shout out to my friend Jack Connolly uh, because he said he listened to the episode where I did the Jesus prayer on here, and that okay. he would listen again if I was on it. Which <laughs> so I, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about us, Michael. <laughs> I'll try to get him to become a regular listener, but. Anyway, he's just a really strong Catholic that I admire, and um, not it's, strong enough to listen to Father Michael and Sister Natalia. <laughs> Don't tell but, him which ones you're on. So he has to listen to all of them in hopes yes. that yes. you're on it. Just start listening to them now, Jack, <laughs> and then eventually you'll get to mine. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any shout outs? Um, I don't have a shout out. I just have prayer requests when we get to them. Um, I do want to. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you <laughs> what? No, just that that was a major Perla squirrel. Oh. I mean, we are kind of near time, so yeah. I think good. I this think we true. should wrap up. If you don't have any closing thoughts, Father Michael, no, we're running out of time. Okay, but mm. <laughs> um, the um, you probably couldn't do this to me on the podcast because I'm not as humble as you. But Jen did want me to tell you that her last name is pronounced Junta. Oh, what did I say? Something. Not oh, bad. Jun- like, Junta. Yeah, Junta. Jun- Yes, Junta. Junta. Like June, Junta. like the m- month. Junta, Junta. All right, shout out Jen to Jen Junta. Junta. Sorry, Jen and Damien <laughs> and all your kiddos. Um, Junta, Junta, Junta. Okay. <laughs> I do I do say Junta. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I <laughs> Never mind. It doesn't matter. Um, prayer intention. I want to ask for prayers for... Um, two people who have emailed and asked us to pray for them, which I will and we will. But I also think that there's something, I really like when our prayer intentions are for listeners who have asked for prayers because I think that as long as they're okay with it, because I think that there's something beautiful about like our listeners mm-hmm. praying for one another. Like it's this mm-hmm. forms this greater community, which I like. Amen. But um, one of them was a man named Silvio and his wife who are missionaries. Um, and so pray for Silvio and his wife. I don't know what her name is. If it's said in the email, I'm really sorry. Um, Oh, yeah, I just got the message, too, from Jen. San Bernardino, not cool. (laughs) Oh, I love Jen. I'm sorry, I shouldn't look at a message while we're talking. Um, And then podcasting. (laughs) And then um, also my friend Guillermo, who, um, if you could pray for him as well, he... Um, I was very impressed because he sent a podcast email and didn't even mention the fact that like we're good friends and he just addressed <laughs> it to um, and I was like wow that's really impressive he's not even trying to like have the in but he is a good friend and we write each other and stuff so pray for pray for Guillermo so. cool well I don't I don't respond to any of your communications so I have no idea what you guys' prayer requests are um, so I'm glad I'm glad sister does <laughs> sister's been so good about checking emails and things like that so so thank God for that. Um, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll say pray for Jen Junta. <laughs> you just wanted to say your name one more time I so did. you could remember. I, I, I literally wrote it and I wrote J O O N T A on my my little pad here. Okay. <laughs> That's great. My prayer intention. This is kind of a shameless plug, and I apologize for that. But I'm actually recording an album right now. And so I guess part of the intention is for God's will on that. But my the main part of the intention is for my producer, who is a he's um, a new producer. And his vocation, he feels, is to um, help Catholic musicians and Catholic artists, other kinds of culture. So just maybe for God to direct his business and his, his career, his vocation. And what's his name? What's his business? 
Vince Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E, is his last name, and he's a music producer. Uh, he also he does so many other kind of different jobs, um, photography, videography, printing out pictures. So whatever you need, uh, he can help you with it. <laughs> and what, what's your album title, or how do they find that? I don't know what the title is going to be yet. It's ah. going to be released probably in February. Um, I'll what's keep your you full updated. Name? And Natalia Wohar, last name W O H A R. We cool. can we can we can post something on our Facebook page or Instagram or whatever when it comes out. I appreciate yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. All right. Anything else, ladies? No. That's great. Right. I'll give a blessing. We're out of time. May Lord bless you and keep you. Cause His face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May our Lord always give you a spirit of thankfulness, appreciation, praise. In him, may you encounter all the gifts he gives, but especially the gift of time and space, rather than letting the world inform how you are to see time and space, but rather see it as a gift from God to be used appropriately, used for his glory, used for your own salvation, for the building of the church, the glorification, the name of Jesus, etc. May you complain less and be thankful more, and may you also manifest this great gift to those who observe your life that they may also grow in greater appreciation of all the gifts of our Lord. May the Lord bless you this week in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Bless up. Thanks. Love you. We're not going to record for a while now because we're recording through the 13th. Oh. Well, yeah. So we'll be we'll be traveling. We'll be recording. We'll be getting into Lent soon. Oh, wow. Snap. All right. Thanks love you guys. For having me. Mm-hmm. Love, love you. Bye. Bye.